We hope you enjoy this message from Expression Church of Huntington. Let's go to Mark chapter 8 this morning. Mark chapter 8, we're going to start with verse 22 in the New Living. You got it, you're ready. Camp week's an exciting week. This is our first church camp um, that we're doing. It won't be the last. It'll be an annual thing about this time of year. And I, I don't know how many kids. And in fact, what if somebody wanted to sign up that hadn't signed up and they're, <laughs> I'm going to create a problem probably. Is there any, can I still sign up? They can go to the camp table and still sign up. So if anybody wants to get inspired today, there's, what, a handful left probably? Does that sound about right? Probably a handful of spots left. Maybe not even that. But if you uh, have somebody that you want to send there, um, just don't do it as punishment. You're going to church camp. You act, another, you act like that again, you're going right to church camp. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you back talk me one more time, you'll stay all night too. That's what they used to do. <laughs> I used to hear parents all the time say, listen, you, you, I'm, we're going to church. I don't want to go to church. Well, you better straighten up. <laughs> church used to be a punishment. Sunday nights were, my God. Let's just be honest here. Sunday nights, long service. <laughs> I'm gonna get myself in a little bit of trouble, but I don't really care. It's the truth. Sunday night, we used to do Sunday night service. You'd have a service in the morning, and what he didn't get finished, he'd do it all over again on Sunday night. And add to it, and I used to say to myself, when we started this, the church, I said, I'm really, we're just not gonna do Sunday nights. We're gonna have to learn to live life <laughs> instead of have church all the time. And I said, because if I can't finish it in a half hour, 45 minutes on Sunday morning or an hour, I don't really deserve a Sunday night. And, because that's a lot of preaching. So they go, we go Sunday morning, and sometimes those would be two-hour services. And then if the spirit began to move, the band and the choir would play, and sometimes they'd play and the spirit wouldn't move, they'd nobody just tell them, right? Because <laughs> you know musicians sometimes, you ever, keyboard players, musicians, they think every time they touch an instrument, God's moving. Right? God, God's moving. Hey, a guy, guy told me one time, he was standing there and he said, uh, Dean, his guy's name was Dean, he was standing with a bunch of preachers. And he said, I don't know what about you preachers think, because they're musicians too. He said, I don't know why you all think that just because you're playing the keyboard and it's 15 to one on a Sunday morning that God's still moving. He said, God moves at my house at one o'clock at kickoff time too. <laughs> he, was, he was serious. He don't just move on musicians, he moves on football players too. Are you ready for Mark chapter eight? When they arrived at Bethesda, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. And they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. What's this? He led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored and he could see everything very clearly. Jesus sent him away saying, don't go back into that village on your way home. The Lord's gonna open up your eyesight in this season that we're in. He's gonna open up your eyesight and give you a frame of reference that's brand new, but you're gonna to have to come out of your village and out of your old way of thinking. 
even though you have no other way of going and getting to where you think you need to go. What you're, where you're going, you have no idea how to see. What he's gonna do in your life, you have no idea what it looks like. In fact, many of us don't even know or even blind. And sometimes we're bl blind leading the blind and we don't know where we're going. Oh, but it's getting become more clear. The beautiful part about this story is this man had sight before. He was restoring his sight, which means he has reference that there was sight before, so he had a frame of reference of what it looked like. That's why the Lord had to say to him, come up out of the village. He led him out of the village. The Lord will lead you out sometimes, and I mean out, out of your comfort zone, out of the familiar places you could feel your way around that you don't even really need to see. You've learned it, it's familiar behavior. It's in your finances, in your relationships, in the way you raise your kids, it's the way you live life. You're just accustomed to the way it is. And you might have 20, 20 vision to get where you're going, but you're blind and don't even know how to get there. And the Lord will come and visit you and say, you're in a place that you can't see, you have blind spots all over your life, and I'm gonna bring you out of a place that you have no idea exists for you. You've been hanging on the banisters of your familiar comfort area, and you've tried everything you know to do, you've pushed on every element of life, you've pushed on every boundary of life, and the Lord says, nothing's working for you, nothing. You've tried it all, and, and, and I'm gonna bring you out so I can do something in your life that you wouldn't let me do in your place of comfort. So the Lord brings the man out of the village, and the village was a home place, a familiar place, a comfortable place, a place that he probably wouldn't have ever left if the Lord hadn't told him to leave because he knew everybody and everybody knew him. There was safety and security in that place, right? He knew how to maneuver and work the, 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 the way inside of here. In other words, he could have had a relationship with somebody, but he knew how to operate in that relationship because he's always done it that way before. Maybe he had been divorced. Maybe he had had a, a, a bad marriage and something had fallen apart in his life and now he's back over here, but he knew if he was safe around the people he was with, everything would be okay. Why? Because I wanna be around people that I can trust. But the Lord comes to the city and says, I'm pulling you up out of the area that everyone you know you can trust. You've been in the same condition for a long time. You used to be able to see and I'm gonna restore your sight, but I can't do it in your familiar place. And I'm not just gonna restore it I'm going to change the way you even have a frame of reference about it. Come with me. And then the Lord brings him to a new place. He takes him out of the village to where he has no frame of reference. He doesn't know anybody. He doesn't know how to get back to where he was going. He has only one thing to do, and that's depend upon the Lord. And the Lord does something that's interesting that I think is the craziest thing in the world. He spits in this guy's eye. Spit. And for the longest time, I always used to think, why in the world would the Lord spit on his eye? Until I started reading about DNA. The Lord had to get his DNA in that man's eyesight. He spits on his eye, and here's what he did. After he brought him out of the city, after he brings him out of a place of comfortability, after he plays him to a place where, look, it's gonna get really weird here for you. You're not gonna have the places to hold on to that you once held on to. You can't run back to mom here. 
You can't, you can't call the sister or the brother when, out here because it's easy to here because you know they're going to help comfort you when you just want to manage all your dysfunction that you're going through. Over here, it's safe. Man, people will feel sorry for you here. Ain't nobody feeling sorry over over here. Over here, they'll pat you on the back and leave you in your blind state. Over there, something's got to change. In the village, people help you out. But what you don't know sometimes is they help you out, they're helping you stay in the same place you've always been. Right? And the Lord says, come on. Now, just like the blind man, the Lord's coming to many of you, many of us. He's visiting the church. Because this blind boy, blind man, is a picture of the church. And he says, come up out of your comfort area. And I'm gonna take you to a place. A very distant place where I can do some work on you. He spits on him. He gives him a brand new outlook on life. But then here's what the Lord does. After he spits on him, he looks at him and he says, what do you see? What, what, do you, what do you see? He says, I see men, and King James says, I see men as trees walking. Now, many of you all already know this, but I went and did some research, I've done some research on this, but a person that has, has been able to see before and then they go blind, they, 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 they have a memory block, and the memory in their mind is a reference of the last thing they saw. So when they go five or 10 or 15 years later, blind, things develop, but they still are seeing what they saw back before they went blind. So the Lord looks at him and says, what do you all, what do you see? And he says, I see men as trees walking. Wait a minute, what do you, trees, yeah, I see something inside, internal, but I'm not there yet. And the Lord touches him again. And I heard one guy say one time, he said, man, the Lord, see, even the Lord had to do it twice. Didn't take the first time. No, the Lord didn't make a mistake. The Lord brought him out of his comfort zone, brought him out to a place where he didn't have anything to hold on to but the Lord. And he had to get truthful. He had to be honest. And many of us, in our Christian walk, we fake it until we make it. We get out here in this place and the Lord's, man, the Lord's blessing me, the Lord's good. And you know what, your life just, it got worse. Can you imagine, he says, I see men as trees walking. I'm, I'm, I'm half to, anybody ever thought they were obeying the Lord, maybe were obeying the Lord, took the job that you needed to take, entered into the relationship you were in, change your financial situation, start to change your, whatever it is in your life that the Lord give you a little bit of a prompting to do, you take a step to do it, you get halfway in it, you're already in it, and now all of a sudden, it's not what you thought it was gonna be. It gets tough. Because here's the problem with this guy right now. He is 100% vulnerable and gullible to God. He is right with Jesus. Jesus already spit on his eyes. He's taking him out of his comfort area and there's no reference here for him to go back to his place. He didn't know how to get back there. He, he still didn't see. So he's not where he wants to be, but he's not where he was. He's in between in an unfamiliar area. Anybody been there? You decide to start giving the Lord your finances. You start delivering. I'm gonna give my heart to the Lord and we're gonna go, our family's gonna start serving God. And all hell breaks loose about six months into this thing. You're gonna go, I'm, I'm, I'm going after my calling. God, I recognize you called me and I'm going after it with all my heart. We're gonna deter, we're, we're in this thing. And all of a sudden, it gets worse before it gets better. And then you're out here and the people that you always have gone back to 
to help comfort you in your indecisive lifestyle, or when you're in between, you can't get them anymore because they can't help you over there. They'll go here, they'll say, come on back to the village. Come on back to the, come back to the city, come back over here. To come over here, we can help you over here. You should have never started dating that guy. You should have never went off to college and started that education. Now look at all the student loans you have. You should have, you're halfway in it. You wish you'd have never done it. Now you're in it, God got you started, and now you're messed up going, what in the world am I doing? I'm talking to somebody in here this morning. The church is in that transition place. The church is in that place. And our conscious decision is, the reason he saw men as trees walking because he had a reference of a tree. When you're in between, and it's not what it's gonna be yet, and you've already left the place that you already were in your comfort zone, and you're right in the middle, when God begins to work on your life, you begin to point out and draw back from things that happened years and years ago. Case in point, you step out here and you decide to start this new relationship or this new job. And all of a sudden, things start happening in that relationship or in that new job that are familiar smells and sounds to something you left from, that you've been there before. And you begin to put the brakes on and begin to react in that current setting, still blind, but think you see. But what you really see is what you saw it's not what you're going to see. Make sense? Get it? You're here. Oh my God, I started that new job. I thought it was gonna be six figures and I'm worse than I was. Now the kids are sick, the car's breaking down and the first question you ask yourself when you only see partly is this, did I make the right decision by leaving the village? And instead of asking the one that brought you out of the village, we go ask the people that are still in the village. What do you think of him? I think he's gonna mistreat you. I told you you should have never started dating. I told you never, you had a good job. Why would you leave that job for a better opportunity when you heard, it was security here. Yeah, I know, I know. You had, a, you had a good marriage, you were 20 years in and, and you're going, it wasn't good, it was just, it was not good at all, but Everybody thought it was good. And you knocked it off balance by saying you can't do this anymore. You can't, I can't live this way anymore. I can't, something's gotta change. Got, no, come back to the village and make everything okay. Live the life that you had and forfeit Jesus leading you out into your next place. You don't have a choice. This is an, a mobile kingdom ever-increasing kingdom, ever-increasing advancement. You do not have any choice. You have to move forward and ahead. You will not relieve the blindness of our life in the old village. The blind scales fall off the eyes in the new journey. And you've gotta be willing to put up with what you don't understand and what you don't see in the transition of your journey. You can't be quick to run back for safety You've got to learn to live in ambiguity for a season. The only security you're gonna get is what you don't know. And that's gotta be okay with you in that season. Ooh, that's hard. Right? No, I gotta, I gotta have a sure thing. Well, let me tell you the only sure thing you're gonna get. Sure thing is yes, you will die on the vine over here, brother. 
only thing that's going to happen over here in the, in the village is years are going to be stolen off your life. Another birthday will go by. Another pound will be gained. Right? Another dollar will be spent. And here you are. You step out here, it costs you money, costs you time, costs you energy, costs you everything. Sometimes it costs you even friends. And you're over here going, my God, I still can't see. But if you think the Lord is gonna finish with you halfway, you don't know him like you need to know him. He didn't make a mistake. He brought him right back to the last frame of reference he had when he was still in that village. I see men as trees walking. Oh, okay, I got you now. So now that I can take you back to where you start from, I can move you forward. Now what do you see? Oh, I see it all clear. I want to bring you and accelerate and advance you from where you last saw to what I want you to see now. I'm going to, it's going to be a hop, skip, and a jump into your future. What used to take 10 years, it's going to take 10 days. What used to take one month, it's going to take an hour. What used to take 20 relationships to make happen is going to happen in one. You've got to be brave enough and courageous enough and bold enough to come up out of your comfort area in the village. He's spinning him. He gave him his DNA. He opened up his eyes. And here's the challenge. When you're in this place over here, if you have any laziness, any low energy level, it's all going to come up right here. Because you're going to get tired. You're going to get tired of no answers. You're going to get tired of wondering. You're going to get tired. You're going to get tired. You're going to get tired. And you're going to want to quit. And occasionally you're going to go, I got to go back to the village. I got to go back. You can't go back to the village. Don't forfeit where you're headed in your life. But it was a lot easier over here. My God, it was just a lot. It was easier over here. But you don't yet know what you do not know. You don't even have the questions answered yet. And it's not fair that God brings new people in your life out of the village and you compare every one of those new people to the old way you used to live. He brings the guy that will care for you, but you're used to being abused. So you begin to... You begin to reject because you're expecting to be rejected. You push away because you know he's going to push you away because that's what you've lived your whole life. Or you get a little insecure over here because God brings you a good woman and he brings, I mean, I am preaching today. He brings you a good woman, he brings you in your life and you get a little concerned that she's gonna leave you so you get a little controlling. You put a little pressure on her because the thing that's inevitable in your mind, you're trying to prevent, but what you don't know is the harder you try not to, the more you push her away. You come over here and you're out of the, you're come, I've been in religion all my life. My God, I've been in religion. I'm not doing it again. And something happens, you just kind of was just kind of maybe away from the Lord for a while. Not, not backslid, not away like that, but just out of the fellowship of the believers. And God begins to move on you. You find a place. And now you come up out of that religious experience and that, that doldrums of life and you're out here. And all of a sudden you start looking around and you start seeing people and you're going, wow, why are they acting like that? Well, who do they think they are? You see men as trees walking. You're half complete. Because here's the beautiful part about it. As long as you're seeing men, you ain't seeing you. When you see her, you don't see you. When you see him, you don't see you. 
When you see the kids, you don't see you. When you don't see, when you see. When you're complete out here, when you know that second touch of heaven has happened to you at the spit of the eye, you know what you, you begin to look at you. You begin to go, oh my God, I'm undone. God, thank you. You become grateful and humble for what the Lord has done in your life. You are thankful that he brought you out when you didn't even know how to get out yourself. He came and brought you from a place of darkness and a place of blind spots in your life and you didn't even know you were blind or dark. You thought you were okay. Everything was gonna be fine. You learned to live with ailments out here, beat up bodies, broken down spirits, emotional breakdowns. You learned to live with it in the village and the Lord says, I love you enough to come by your city, invade your city, invade your village, point my finger to you and touch you and say, come up out of that village. And if you'll follow me, I'll bring you to a place of complete vulnerability. And complete vulnerability is where I want you to be and I'm gonna touch you right in the middle of that spot. And in that place, it's gonna be lonely for a season because all your anchors were back in the village. I'm gonna give you new anchors, but you don't feel them yet. I'm gonna give you new foundations, but you don't see them yet. I'm gonna give you a new lifestyle, but you aren't feeling it yet. I'm gonna give you new sources and resources, but you don't see them yet. I'm gonna give you new confidences and boldness and, and things that are placed inside of you all way back when you were a kid, but you haven't seen them yet. And you've gotta be willing to stay right here while he's doing something on the inside of you that you can't explain and that's not fully complete. Man, the Lord's good. Touched him. The second time the man was complete and was able to see everything the way it really was. Accurate perception doesn't happen when you leave the village. Accurate perception happens after you leave the village, you stay in the next season for a moment and you let the Lord work with you. One of the greatest tools in the world is the Lord coming to get you in your place of comfort and you get mad at him. And here's what happened. He, he, and now the Lord Jesus did it in his day because he he's in the book of Mark. Jesus ain't in the book of your life today. Physically, he's got your Christian brothers and sisters. So somebody will come to you and say, hey, come on, with, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's just jump out here. Let's take a journey. And you go, I don't know about that. And you begin to follow after this journey with this person, and nine chances out of 10, or if not 10 out of 10, when you get out here and it didn't work like you think it should have worked, you ain't mad at God. You mad at them. And a lot of times they'll come after you to bring you out of your place of comfort to walk out here into this place that God has for you and you think it's to help everybody else. It's a setup. Follow after your calling. Yes, I'm coming out of the city to follow after my calling. You get halfway out here and you realize, dear God, he's working on me. I'd rather go back over here and talk about what my calling might be. Right? Because over here I gotta deal with my stuff. Right? Spit in his eye. Saw a man of trees walking to restore his eyesight so he could see a current reality of his life and what it was gonna be. And the last thing the Lord said to him in that verse in 36 says this 
don't go back to the village that way home. I brought you out of the village. You have perfect, perfect perception now. I've got you all where I need you to be. Not only do you see internally, you see externally. Not only do you see spiritually, you see emotionally. Now you have accurate perception. Now you've had an encounter with me where I've done something and brought you to a place that you could not do on your own. Don't go back that place and go back to the village and go back and try to do the things you've already done. It's a brand new way. In other words, I bring you out here and bring you into a relationship or a new job or a new career or, or education or family and I, I do something miraculous in your life and you're going, I can't even believe this is happening. God, thank you so much. I see, I see, I, I do. My eyes are open, I was blind, but now I see, this is incredible. And then we go, okay, because I don't know what to do with my newfound reality, I come back over here and try to put my newfound reality back in my box. So the only frame of reference I ever had was my first marriage. Now I'm in my second and it's, I, I see, thank God I see, I can trust him. But about six months into this thing, I start finding some insecurity in me that I've got to come back over here to my city because I start seeing some stuff that I saw before. And the Lord says, don't go back. To, don't go back. Your frame of reference for there is gone. Trust your new life. Trust your new reality. Trust the new perception. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. But you don't understand, when I get over here and things don't go my way, and things are hurting, and, and I see some pressure, and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm losing ground, I get panicky or something just sizes up, and I get angry. I get mad, man, I just wanna hit somebody. And she knows exactly what buttons to push to get my, me going. And man, all it takes is her to say that one thing, and, and she gets all emotional, and the next thing I know, I just can't help it, but something just rises up inside of me. You're going back to your city. You've gone back to your village. It's not an option. Amen. It's not an option. You've got to deal with your stuff. It's not that she knows what things to say to get you going. It's that you've got something going yeah. that you've got to deal with. Amen. A part of you has to die out so you can live in your new reality. Whoa. You start moving forward fast. I mean, and you guys gotta trust me on this. Things are accelerating. They're moving fast today. They are moving fast. I heard the Lord just now. Somebody has been in a job career because you had a past in your life. This is the Lord. You had a past over here. This is what you did. God saved you, brought you out of your wreck, your mess, put your life back together, and now you feel called to help people in this place. The challenge is, you have not given yourself permission to live beyond that old season. You think you've moved on over here, but all you've done is you've just become a better over here. You're not even looking for opportunities outside of here because you have got your whole identity wrapped up right here. And it's not to help the people, even though that's what's gonna happen. You think it's to help the people. It really is to help you because you don't trust yourself in your next season. You're blind. Because you, you failed too many times. 
man, I'm, a, I'm just going there. I'm, I'm a widower. And I've I, I lost two wives and both are gone. And I'm just better off being alone. So you close out the gate out of the village because you're afraid of what's on the outside of that village. You close it out. And the Lord comes knocking on the gate of the village and comes in and says, come out. I want you to come out. You're going, you don't understand. I've been hurt too many times. I don't have it in me to go through that one more time. No, you don't in your own frame of reference. But outside the village is a new frame of reference. Come outside to see what's there. Come out and play. Come out and enjoy. And don't give all kinds of disqualifications and qualifications. Well, if this will happen, then I'll come out of the city. You've got to be willing to come outside of the village without any stipulations other than the fact, I'm following him. I know people right now, they're probably watching my internet, people that I know, in my years past, you have failed so much in life and miserably, but it's not that you're a failure, it's that, God, you've had so many setbacks that you have set a limit on your acceleration because you can't go any better and higher because who would hire you? Who, who, would, who would love you? And who, who would take me in my condition? Man, and you're going, so you start going through the Rolodex of all the people in your past that help validate how bad you think you are. And that person, oh yeah, that was, yeah, I remember that one too. Oh God, yeah, I remember that disappointment. Man, I really was set back there. Yeah, yeah, I remember getting, yeah, I remember when I was molested when I was a kid. God, yeah, I remember that too. And all of a sudden, you've, here you are. You've locked yourself into the village. And you're going, God. So then you, what you do is you begin to manage your life in the village to try to make the best of what really is a bad situation. And then improvements are made little by little. And you go, God, this is really awesome. I feel the Lord is great. In the, and the Lord says, it is, but it's not all that I have for you. Thank God for getting better and having improvements over here. But there is a better way. It's a new way. I can't get him to come to church with me. He will not come. He had a bad experience at the other place. He, he just will not do it. He just thinks every preacher's a, a crook and everybody's got to get their money. He's just a bad, it's just all show. It's all that stuff. And the Lord says, stay in the village. If that's your centerpiece, stay in the village. But if you want to come out of the village, get your kids up on Sunday morning. Amen. Get your kids in the car on Sunday morning and say, to tell him, we're going to church. You can stay here if you want to, but we're going to church. Why? Because there's a blindness that I have over here, but I don't need it over here. I, there's something my kids have to see that they can't see. There's something I have to see that I can't see. And I have to have an encounter and a touch from the heaven, from the Lord, to open my eyes up emotionally, spiritually, so my life can be able to be seen. And I'll know where I'm going. Don't let them hold you back over here because they're preoccupied with their blindness. Because the blind leads the blind and they both fall in the ditch. Right. 
Jesus walked in here in the flesh today, walked straight down this aisle, came up here. I would hope we all stand, but if we didn't, we'd walk up here in the front. He would come up here and he would look at the church and say, church, I want you to come outside of your village. I'm gonna bring you out of a place. He, he, and I think he would say this, you don't even know you're blind in some areas, guys. You don't even know. You think you see, but you're blind. But I've seen in the blind spots of your life, the blind spots of your finances, the blind spots of your relationships, the blind spots of your health, the blind spots of, of, of some people are just, some of you just so negative, you, nothing makes you happy. Just, 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 uh, you're just happy being unhappy and you make everybody else unhappy. And most of the people that you're talking to that are, un, are happy won't, won't say anything to you because they know you're unhappy and they just don't want to cause an argument and they just, they, they just tolerate you. You're blind. Or do you think he would come in here and say, bless the little people. No, no, he blesses us, all right. He blesses us with truth. Amen. And where the spirit of truth is, there's liberty. And the church is not free. We are not living in freedom. For the most part, we are not living in freedom. We, we, we have an extended chain and we call it liberty. And then we get so far away here and then all of a sudden we realize, oh, God, that wasn't really free, so I better back over here to my village. And then we'll shout and dance, reckless love. We'll love the song, my God, I was just reckless love. Reckless love. But there needs to be some joy unspeakable full of glory. Yeah. It needs to be overshadowing the church. It needs to be so much full of joy and so much full of truth and so much full of transformation and so much full of life that when we go out into the world system, the world is saying, there's really something different about you that I don't know what it is, but I've got to have it. And you're going to try to figure out how to give it to him because you really don't know either because God give it to you. And you're gonna go, I don't really know how that all works, but I, I just got something. Or do we go out here and be one of them and then we have lesser problems than they have but we still share the same values? Right? Oh, your business ought to be blessed because you work there. And if you don't think that you're bringing the blessing of the Lord, you need to look at yourself differently. You, I just heard the Lord. You walk into VA, wherever, whoever you are, you walk into VA, you look around and go, I'm here. So I bring the blessing of the Lord. Now you're cocky. You better believe that's right. You better believe that seems like that I'm a little bit full of myself. I'm just coming into reality of who I am. I'm not, I'm not above my raisin, but I'm not gonna be less than my raisin either. Right? Because he raised from the dead, which quickened me with him, and guess what? We're gonna walk this thing out together. This lowly, Ronnie was talking about, this lowly downplaying everything. No, no, no. Do you know who you are? Amen. That whole story in Mark chapter 8 was written around a blind man. The guy made the Bible. He might have been only four verses, but he made the Bible. Now, if I'm the blind man, I'm telling people about me in the Bible. Right? Look what he has done for you in your life. Oh my God, look what the Lord has done in your life. Some people threw away the key for you and said, he'll never amount to anything. They're, they're done. They'll probably die in the stupor that they're in and God brought you out. And do you think he brought you out to say he's all finished with you? No, no. He brought you out so he can take you in further than you ever thought you could ever go. Some of you are afraid to dream. 
You're afraid to give yourself permission to, to dream. You're afraid of what it might look like because you don't want to be disappointed because you've experienced disappointment in your life. It's okay. Dream. Give yourself permission. Make yourself gullible and vulnerable to the Lord. Come up out of that village where you can't see. Cut some, some, some anchors of some safe places that you go back to to get some comfort when it really isn't healthy for you. Some of you need some, some friends, some relationships, some buddies. But they understand me. They get me. Oh, no, they get you, all right. They keep you. Right here. See, in John chapter 9, there was another blind man that Jesus encountered who was blind from birth. Mark chapter 8, the guy had seen before. John chapter 9, the man had never seen. Blind from birth. Jesus comes to him, and guess what he does? He spits on the ground. Spits again. Puts the mud on his eyes. See, one had never seen, and the Lord went right to the dirt, all the way back to the garden when he was created. And he took his DNA, catch me, he took his DNA and spit right in the earth, put it on his eyes, and his eyes were able to see. That was a man that had never seen before. He didn't know what he didn't know. But then there's us that have some brokenness and some hurts and some pains and some pasts some bad situations that have happened to us and we still carry around the open wounds when they really should be scars by now. And the Lord can't come in and just spit on your ground, your dirt. He's gotta get the way you see. Because it's not a matter of just wiping all your sins away. Because he can wipe all your sins away just like that and he did. But if you don't adjust to your new way of life and see life differently, you'll hold yourself back further than sin ever will. Your fear, your anger, your frustration, your lack of emotional maturity, we'll stop ourselves because we're afraid. And the Lord's saying, come up out of that village. Let me take you on a journey so you can see. The Lord didn't do it the second time He didn't test you the second time because the first time didn't work. No, the first time did work. He brought him right to his last frame of reference, met him right where his last emotional condition and sensory ability was. And then he touched him again and said, now I'm gonna wipe that all away. So your bad relationships, I'm gonna bring you right to that point, but I'm gonna give you a whole new outlook on relationships. Your bad financial situations, I'm gonna bring you to this brand new point and I'm gonna wipe it away and give you a whole new outlook on finance. How to raise kids, I'm gonna wipe that all away and bring in a brand new place. Over and over and over and over again. Would you stand with me? I need to pray over you today. Let me just pray for a moment, if you guys will let me. Father, 
These are your people. These are your sons and your daughters. Lord, you know that the details, the backstory, the current story, and the future story of every single person in this room. You know their thoughts. You know their feelings. You know their insecurities. You know what makes them go, you know what makes them stop, and you know what makes them retreat. You know what they're attracted to, and you know what they're not attracted to. You know what lures them, and you know what pushes them away. You know what limits them. You know all of that, Lord. So God, as the pastor of this church today, I lift up every single individual to you this morning. And I'm asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus the Christ, to cut the tent peg strings on everyone's life in here today that hold them and restrain them and keep them in the village. And then I'm asking, Father, that you open their ears to hear you as you walk by them and say, come out of the village and you lead them out of their place of comfort. The place of what we would call stability. I'm asking, Father, that they would hear you as they walk and talk with you. And then, Lord, I'm asking you give them a a supernatural gift of faith and trust that the excitement will draw them into that next season of their life and they'll go reckless abandon. They'll go so fast and so hard and so furious that going back to the city and the refuge of the, the village is not even an option. I pray, Lord, that you give them a confidence and a boldness cut what needs to be cut away from their life, to yoke and embrace what needs to be embraced in their life, connect what needs to be connected, to change what needs to change, transform what needs to be transformed, to be obedient to what needs to be obedient. And I'm asking, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you will empower your people today with a supernatural power that motivates from morning to night that instigates and initiates, that they go knowing God that you've called them to go, that they'll be zealous and fervor and go after everything that you've called them to go after. And excitement will hit their life and an attitude of positivity that knows that God, that you're gonna do wonderful and great and mighty things. And God, I'm asking you to give them tangible sight to see, victories to experience, an actual life to be filled with joy. And when they walk out of this place today, there'll be an excitement and an expectation of knowing that you're calling them out of a place of security and of a land, Lord, that's just holding them back to the land of opportunity that takes absolutely no ceiling on their head. The lid has been removed and their life is full of joy and expectation. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen, amen, amen. God bless you all. We'll see you on Wednesday night.